just wrapped up an amazing podcast with Cody Duncan, the fucking co-host of this podcast, man. The man is a hustler by nature ever since a little boy. We talk about that growing up with the mentality and, uh, you know, how that's affected his adult life and how that's brought him in to be the entrepreneur that he is today, business owner. I really think that you guys will get a lot from this podcast, and I think that it's a podcast um, a little outside of what we normally do, which will really uh, apply to everybody. You don't have to like a certain genre of music or, um, you know, a certain art or craft or business. This is something that I think, you know, there will be a piece of this podcast for everybody. So please share this, uh, watch it, ingest it, laugh at it. I love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Shout out to Cody. Shout out to Brennan. Spocast. Happy to be here. Love y'all. Yeah. Oh, I'd rather record it. Shut the fuck up. Yo, I'm just happy to be here. I challenge everybody that listens to this to get out of your shell and go do something new and fun. Happy to be here. Like they just slow motion. Do you see Zach trying to pretend like he doesn't watch cake sitting videos? Happy to happy to be here. There to exercise the demons. Wait, so your swan man is our, sh- our swan man. delivery man that brought us bomb pops and chicken nuggets is there to perform an exorcism. This needs to be made into a short you film. You couldn't make this shit up. Yo, I'm just happy to be here. What is up, beautiful people of the world, of the beautiful, warm world, because it's springtime and I'm so happy about the sun shining. I'm happy to be here today with my guest, Cody Duncan. What is up? Auto Skin Detail, entrepreneur. Uh, we're here to talk about business and everything hustle. Oh, fuck. And I admire the shit out of your hustle, so oh, fuck. I just think this would be a, f- a great episode to do and valuable for people. So, Well, thank you. And like, yeah, we've been homies for a long time. And, you know, obviously, you know, we both wear a lot of hats, I guess. And and one thing I, I do is, you know, I'm an entrepreneur and I've been in business for a long time. And, you know, you've known me actually, like in both sides, mm-hmm. you know, how long ago did we meet? I, I, I was thinking about it earlier today and I have a number. What do you I think? I think it was 2000. 12 or 13 it yeah was like, it it's was 10 like, years it's like graduating on 10 years right yeah. now like we've been showing up at each other's house for barbecues for 10 years yep. and so you've seen kind of the journey that way I've way crazy journey of of uh you know of kind of just doing doing your own little side hustles and and uh you know having a job working for somebody else and seeing you you know the seeing you build from there. But I think the thing that is crazy to me is that I never, you you know, the energy never changed regardless of you were hustling for like what you were doing, whether Mm -hmm. it was the music, whether it was X, Y, Z that we don't need to say on the podcast. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're doing your thing, like that, the energy was there and I feel like you were able to find a way to focus it into legit. What a great way to like open it up. Because that's honestly like what it takes right there is having getting specialized in some sort of field and then converting it into freedom. You know what I mean? And I've told you that we've talked before. It's just like everybody you see working at mom, pa and different little places, you know, they basically have like a little bit of juice that they could kind of turn into their own little hustle. 
If you're working a counter and you're working the register, you're you're good at customer service. So you could work with just people in general. If you're if you're any any kind of skilled labor, then um, you can eat. That's just like right yeah, on the wall. Cut, if it's you like, cut yeah. hair, oh if you yeah. Can, uh, if you can do like handy work, totally right. If you can. Uh, you know, do yeah. If you can like yeah. do something to my deck or fix a you know yeah. If, if you're you working frame. for anybody doing any kind of skilled labor, then it, it's your decision. You're you're making a decision to either work for a living or you could you could kind of sway into the little more. Hey, I have a little bit more freedom, and that's just a decision people make. Some people love working for other people. Um, me personally, and I want to just say before we like get too far into this. Um, I am, I'm no expert at anything I talk about. I am no guru of any sort, but I have been in business almost 10 years. I have not worked for anybody for almost 10 years. And, um, and my, I, my wife doesn't work for anyone. She works along with the family business and we, we've bought a house while owning the business. And so all of that information, whether I, you know, like I said, I don't want, I don't want anyone to be like, oh, he's wrong on this. I'm probably wrong on a lot of shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I do, I, I do, I have made leaps and bounds in my life since I've became a like all fledged forward entrepreneur. Well, I want to start with like how it works in the mind, because I feel like that's a big part of it. And I think that a lot of people maybe that listen to this have a skill, but they yeah. don't know, you know, how to branch off on their own. My favorite way to get into this is take the income that you currently make. Mm hmm. Take the skill that you currently are good at and consider how much you could do it, how much work it would take to make that same income while not working at the same place. So my personal experience is I worked for someone as an auto detailer. Okay. I took my paycheck after one week and decided how many details I had to do in one week for myself to equal that paycheck. It was two. Wow. <laughs> and you could do a lot more than two in a week. I, I mean, you know, that's all it was. It was two details. And so it just, it, it was right. It was just like, boom. And going back to that story, it's really funny. It's actually a, a hilarious story. So I'm working at 509 Cars in the Spokane Valley. Mm -hmm. My homie Thomas is going to be like, what the fuck? Why would you? Even? They're not in business no more. <laughs> oh, but okay. so, so it's good. But I'm working at 509 Cars. There's another detailer there. He's been there for some time. He's doing cars and I'm kind of learning to detail through him. I end up doing more cars than him because I was just a go-getter. Um, I realized through the grapevine that he's doing what's called flagging cars. So every car that he completes, he goes over to the, to the shop area where you turn in your paperwork, and he would say, I got this car done, and he would flag that car, and his kickback was about $40 per car. Okay, So he'd get $40 a car. He slipped up and told me that one day after I'd been there for some time. I'd been a detailer for maybe a couple of years at that point, but different places. So I get a, two cars done that day. I'd been there maybe, yeah, I'd been there a while. I go into the parts, <laughs> parts area and I have no paperwork because I don't know what paperwork you need. And I'm like, hey, so those two cars sitting over there right outside? Yeah, I did those. So the flag dollars, make sure those go on my check. You know, if you could. And he looked at me and he goes, you don't get flagged hours. 
And I go, what, what do you got to do to get flagged hours? He was just like, I, I mean, you're not a flagged hour employee. So I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> and I looked at him and I mean, I'm full on entrepreneur at this point, but just like not like in the mind, like your oh, mind full, is full there. on been, been hustling for myself but for still years, putting the pieces together, still trying to go legit. Okay. And I looked at him and I said, oh, okay, well, I'll be right back. And I went over to the biggest boss in the dealership and I said, hey, I just want to let you know two weeks from today, I'm putting, I will not work here no more. Okay. I'm putting my two weeks in right now. And he said, whoa, he's my homie. And he's like, whoa, what the fuck? Where did that come from? And I said, he flags hours back there for cars and I'm not getting that same treatment. I'm doing more business than him. I need two cars that I, that I just completed. I need those hours flagged to me. Or, and he said, listen, that's not really something. And I said, yeah, exactly. So two weeks from today, I will no longer work here. Two weeks from right then, I was in business for myself. You're like, sir, I've done the math. Okay. Yep. Yeah. You can't. Do, I, two weeks from, he asked me, he said, what are you about to do? And I said, well, I've got some ideas. And you, he looked at, he knows me. I've known that guy for 20 years. And he knows me. And he looked at me and kind of had that look in his eye. And then he, and then, you know, I took off. And then two weeks, I waited my two weeks. Boom. I left there about four days after that. Um, I applied for my business license. And by the grace of God, my business license came sliding in the mail, hit my mailbox on my 30th birthday. And on my 30th birthday, I was in business for myself, just like that. So tell me a little bit about how, like, where this started back, like, when you were a kid. You hustling candy. How'd like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, so I'll tell you. I went to a private school, and I grew up in what's now known as the Perry District. But it used to be the East Side, okay? I always like to make sure people remember that. This was the East Side of Spokane, where, like... People would come through, but at the same time, it wasn't like this destination. And so it's became a destination now, and a lot of people love the Perry District. I grew up in the Perry District on 11th and Perry, right across the street from the windmill. And I went to a, a Catholic private school up on the South Hill. And every day, I would ride the city bus. There's no buses that picked up in the neighborhood. So I'd ride the city bus, and down the street from my house was a candy store. So you got to think that... As a school that's kind of up in the suburbs, they don't have like, they, suburbs don't really have like convenience stores around them. Mm -hmm. That's like an inner city kind of struggling poverty thing to have like a gas station around you. Yeah. As weird as that sounds, uh, like for a kid to walk to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I would stroll by and I'd get candy as a kid and jump on the bus, city bus, third grade, just when I started running city bus. And I'd go up to private school and I would sell the candy. So that was a, that was my original. So was there like a need that you saw? Like you were at school and people were asking you like, hey. Well, I was the candy man. Get, like before, like, I'm talking about like when you first became the mm -hmm. candy man. Like where kids just like, hey, let me get some of your candy. Let me get some of your candy. And you're just like, people want candy. Well, I was that was the whole thing. Is It started out just like any kind of business would start out. Which is going back, like I just want to say, like I, no, I had no idea I was in business. Of course. But I was eating candy. Yeah. And these kids didn't have no candy. <laughs> and I'm on the playground with a pocket full of those footsies. Remember footsies? They were the diff. They had a million flavors. When you pulled them, they'd twist apart. And there was like a little circle, little round yeah, piece yeah, yeah, of candy. Yeah. And they're, they're a scent. Well, 
I had been going to that guy for so long in the neighborhood that he'd give them to me for I've, <laughs> wholesale. I was buying two of them for one cent. Wow. And so I would go to school with this bag of footsies and I'd be eating them on the playground and sharing them with friends. And they would come to school. These kids had money. These kids would come to school with $5 bills. And so I round, I didn't know what a markup was, but I was charging a nickel for a footsie. So if you think about like the markup on that I, as a kid, yeah. I just always had like a bag of candy that was surplus. No. So the thing that is, that is a trip is that most kids i feel like would just like give their give kids candy yeah whereas like the thought process to say so was this like when you were a kid was it was it instilled in you like i know how you guys do it with your son and cash like he's very like yes i have a son named cash that's correct and it's so it's like instilled in me deep so was it like that with your parents like did somebody instill no. that in you or were no you just kind of i grew up in the in a neighborhood where no one where i was associating with was just put just try to put yourself in that for a moment and so I was like, yeah, these kids at school weren't in your neighborhood. No. And so therefore, like I was that outcast in a sense. And when like you would like I had something they didn't have, they had a, they had much more than I didn't have. Yes. They had like beautiful backyards. They had dens. This is another whole nother thing going over. To, I never knew what the fuck a den was until going over to like rich people's houses. You know what I mean? And seeing that little area that like drops down, yeah. that's carpeted, that you, that kids can never go in. You know what I mean? And so like they all had dents, but they didn't have candy. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? So that's where the need came. Is like they, they couldn't get no sugar in their life. And so I was walking by sugar seven days a week. And so I just kind of, I just, pe honestly, people were putting it on me. People would put a dollar in my pocket, right? They would see my backpack and be like, you know, grab me. 25 footsies. Yeah, I think it's 25, right? If they're a nickel. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, grab me 25 footsies. I like all red and they'd give you a dollar, right? Well, I mean like it, but for a dollar, I was just, you know, I'd get 200 of them. So I could buy everyone's order for a dollar. So now was it like a fascination with money in a way, or was it just like, I'm trying to think of just like, like, were you counting your nickels at the end of the day? And you just know being what's like, funny about that? Or did you not care? I didn't care. And you, that's, that's so glad you asked that question. It wasn't that. It was attention. And I just have to be honest. Well, you needed your thing to like, be like, I fit in here because I have value. Damn. There it is. Yeah. I never realized what it was. It was like. I really don't fit in this room unless I'm adding a service or a and value I mean, to the A room. lot of that is like in our heads, but then it's also like when you have a value, now you like that's what, when you were in school, now, when you're younger, now you have friends. There it now is. Now people are saying, come on over. Hey, I was getting invited over. Yeah. Damn. So how did, how did the Thank hustle you. mindset kind of like progress through like, you know, junior high, high school, like, so, so in junior high, I have a, I have one story that's like my middle years. That was just like, if you ask anyone who was really insulated close to me, they'll be like, Oh God, I remember this. There's a street fair on Perry every year, South Perry street fair. It's been going on since I was a kid and they used to have like, it was a low key. It's like a, 30 minute fair. Okay. It's like one of those fairs where it's like, you know, they roll through. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Am I talking the right word? Uh, where like they bring floats through? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like a, um, a, parade? Like a parade. Parade. 
There we South, go. South, it's the South Perry Street Parade. Okay. Okay, so no license, no nothing. Me and my cousin Josh, who, um, yeah, still to this day, I got to get him in business. He's always bugging me to get in business. I'm going to get him in business for himself one day. But me and my cousin Josh, we're kids. And we're like, dude, look at all these people. He, we run inside, we go get a blender, and we rob my freezer of... You remember those ice creams that you'd get that are like the five-gallon things that are like the plastic ones with the plastic lid that you'd crack off, the circle ones? Yeah. So we snagged that, and we grew... My mom had raspberry bushes in the backyard. It was happened to be raspberry season. They're blooming. We took all the raspberries off the bush grabbed a thing of vanilla ice cream out of our freezer and the blender and ran an extension cord outside. And we were, we blended up ice cream milkshakes, raspberry milkshakes. And it got, it got, we drew a line. Let's just say that we were children. There was no sanitation. Okay. And we straight up drew a line from 11th and Perry, like around the corner a little bit of people grabbing these milkshakes to the point where like my mom saw what we were doing and she was like, what the fuck? Like, dude, where'd you guys get that ice cream? That's my fucking ice cream. I got it from Costco or whatever. <laughs> and then by the, you know, we're halfway through the thing. She's kind of pissed. By the time we're scooping our last scoops out, mom is hitting the XL down the street. It used to be an XL, you know, right down the way, which no one's going to know what XL is. But um, I was like, I don't know. What the fuck that do you is. remember XL? It was, a, it was a grocery store, right? Back in the day, the yeah. best grocery store. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're, local. They're great. Okay. Yeah. There's an XL right down the way on 9th and Perry. She went and she resupplied our ice cream because like when shit's popping and when shit's like going on and like things are happening that don't involve you and like you see the magic in the world happening, mm -hmm. you go refill the kid's ice cream. Yeah. Even though he didn't ask for none of this shit. You know what I mean? And so if I will uh, like throw any like kind of like like. Uh, you know, something out there. My mom, she was one of those people that like, she'll let some magic happen. You know what I mean? That's beautiful. Honestly, like you said, to not even ask and just be like, we need more ice cream. We didn't even say that. She just sees us, she just sees us getting low scooping and she's just like, those most motherfuckers stole my ice cream. And then she's like, well, they're getting low now. You know, and they, she went and got us another big one. No, it's like you're saying, it's like seeing that magic of a life kind of happening before your eyes, especially I'll if never, you're a parent. I'll never forget it. And it was, uh, yeah, it's so that to answer your question, I like these are all little milestones in my life where I realized and it taught me a lesson that if you can slide in on a problem on need day, if that makes any sense, where it's like they need something and you're sliding in to solve their problem. Yeah. Like the fucking world is yours. I mean, you can literally solve people's problems, go from problem to problem to problem. If you know it's going to be hot, if you know it's going to be cold, <laughs> if you know people are going to need snow tires, if you know people are going to need. Yeah. <laughs> and so you just literally have to just be that guy who's like, oh, shit, there's a dude selling water on a hundred degree day. That dude's making a, that dude might make a thousand that day, yeah. which um, that brings me to another point. I have three ways that I have, and I know people, that you can make $1,000 in a day, and anyone can do it. And so whenever you're ready to talk about that, you just let me know. But we're still going through the journey right now. But I have three ways that anyone can make $1,000 in a day. I think you should say it right now. I think we're down you to want to go right into now. it? I want to go into it right now. Okay. So it all depends. Go back to the first thing we talked about, which is find a... 
skill or something that you're good at and just really step back and think about how much value you add to that. And then that's going to help you out a lot. I can only speak from my, my shoes and I'm a salesman. Okay. So very first way that anyone can make a thousand dollars in a day. And it's true because people bring this up all the time. And I like, I mean, no one asked me this shit ever. Okay. Yard sales. It is there is fucking gold. It's like, I don't even know. We at this point in time, I'm not even exaggerating. Me and my wife do it for fun just to see what we can do in one day. Just to fuck around. Because like we don't necessarily want the shit at the yard sale, but we'll be like, we want to go to Vegas. And we'll be like, okay, how much is it going to take? Okay, it's going to take this much money. All right, let's see how quick we can make that much money. And we'll just dedicate a Saturday and be like, all right, let's flip for all day of Saturday. We bring our kid with us and everything. And he picks out all the toys he could ever want because the stuff that we're grabbing from these yard sales is gold. So if you're one, the first way is yard sales. And uh, the main thing you can make money on is furniture. At yard sales. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because basically the thought process is like you have a valuable item. You don't want to go through the hassle of having to sell it. You don't want to have to move it. You you pull it out on your yard and you say, somebody please come take my shit. I'll even negotiate a lower price. Just get it out of here. That's right. And so you want to catch the people selling someone else's shit. Mm. that's when you're going to like fucking strike gold. So someone, you know, RIP and like, you know, it sucks the way the world works. Yeah. Yeah. But someone passes kids, family members, sisters, Mm -hmm. they come in from out of town. They've got the rental car. They've got the hotel because they don't want to stay in so-and-so's house. Mm -hmm. They've got a family. They've got their own shit. They've, they gave themselves four days to make to get this estate cleared out. Those are the sales you want to go to, okay? You need to find though. If you see anything that says estate, everything must go. Uh, uh, passing, uh, sickness forces sale. So what's All good, of those, you got to go. What's a good place to look on? Where, where do you look? Marketplace, Craigslist, Craigslist oh, Nickel Nick, uh, any of those little free paper. Mm, that's new that's too new too new okay people put people are gonna have like new style and look sales. for and look for the signs you want old folks to make the thousands the new the new cats you still you can make a little bit of money on the new sales but at the same time the old sales are the ones that it's just it's see that's a simple. good point that's a good call out honestly because okay yeah because you're, you're saying like people that are a little bit more savvy yes people are gonna let things go and maybe not know the value well it's not that they're savvy they ain't got nothing worth no value. All their shit is purchased at sh- fucking stores that we all know and love. Yeah. The, the stuff I'm talking about flipping was handmade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Antique stuff. If you bought you something at Renaissance, if you bought something at More Furniture, if you bought something, all that shit, none of that's going to be, I'm not, I don't have eyes on none of that. I have eyes on the, the end tables of old folks. I have eyes on the patio furniture. Mm. The, the the one of the biggest ones is backdoor patio furniture. It's a fucking home run. Yeah. 
A good set of patio furniture, take the cushions off and throw them those away because they'll put their own cushions on them, sells mm-hmm. for 250 A good set. Mm-hmm. Usually you can get them for about 20 bucks. I'm in the market, so I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'd be one of those people looking to buy. 250 you list it, you take 200 bucks, you know, that's one of the 10 things you got at the sale. You know what I mean? And I'm talking about making a thousand a day. So we're, we're, we're kind of like tumbling around in yard sales. And that is like, that's the biggest gold because anyone can do it. If you have a truck, here's even, this is like the guaranteed multiplier right here. If you have a truck, go into the yard sale, go up to the person who's running the yard sale, ask them, say, Hey, what is your plan with all the stuff that you don't sell? And then look at them in the face with a straight face with no smile and no frown. They're going to go, well, I didn't think of that. And you're going to say, well, me and my wife on the side, on the weekends, what we like to do is we help people like you who are having a sale and you're just getting rid of all your old crap. You see the truck. If for some reason at the end of the day, there's a bunch of stuff, you just want it all cleared out, you call me and I'll come back and we'll clear it all out. And, you know, we'll go through it. There's some stuff we may keep and, you know, we'll basically make your goodwill run for you. And they say, deal. You, you almost, it's like a 50, 50. Cause you don't know what you're, you know, you can, no, no, no. It's like a 50, 50 on the phone call mm. about three 30 that afternoon. You'll get a phone call from someone. Hey, Cody, this is Martha up on 17th. Come get it. And you'll literally go there and you'll collect a truckload of stuff for free that you then can go over to your, you just slowly take it out and take pictures. And post it on Marketplace, post it on Craigslist. These people aren't doing that. Mm-hmm. This takes legwork. This takes movement. Which this is really not that much legwork when you're thinking about taking a picture. Well, it just depends on how bad you want to make a thousand dollars. It's really not a lot of work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or you pull the nicest stuff to the back of the truck where you can see it the best, and you take a picture of the whole truck. This is the, that's the best one. And you say, it all goes somewhere. I'm asking 500 bucks for every all the contents in the back of the truck because you got to get rid of shit too. Yeah. This is after you've already picked their, their sale. Yeah, it's just that basically being willing to do some what they're not willing to do. You know, just putting in that little slide bit of extra in, work. Slide in and solve a problem on need day is what I basically say. It's like two cross intersections. It's like you're solving a problem on the exact day they need it. And they're like, where did you come from? But really, you're just kind of, you got you to gotta be able to walk into a room and see how you can add value. And talk about how much it is like seeing the opportunity. Because how many like how many people just don't see the opportunity in things? They just see a- perfect, perfect. I can tell you a perfect story on that. I had a buddy of mine who his dad told him clean out this storage unit. I no longer want to pay the rent on it. He hits me up and he says, "Hey, I got a snowblower for sale. You know, it's in the storage unit." He he was talking too much. It was in the storage unit. My dad wants it cleaned out by the end of the day, and I've got to sell all this shit. I'm like, it's July. I think I said that to him. It's July, bro. I, who needs a fucking snowblower? I said, I, it's a, one of those ones that with like the little cage over it like this. Yeah, it has the sick. heater and the heated grips. Wow. And it has the wide track that'll do a whole sidewalk in one pass. It's commercial. I said, listen, I'm too, I'm, I think I said I'm 200 bucks on the snowblower. I, it's July. Like, come on. 
you know, he says, uh, he pulls it out of storage and brings it to me. And he's like, I want 450 for it. I'm like, all right, I'm $200 on it. And so you ask about your question was, is it was like, um, was, you know, the opportunity, right? Do you see the opportunity? Yeah. Okay. Here's how I saw this opportunity. And I can take any opportunity like this. If anybody has any, and I can tell you what I would do to turn it into income. So this is what I did. And I turned this into a fucking home run. So what? this is what I did. The snowblower's worth $1,200. I looked it up. I offered him two because it's July. He hits me. He comes back and says he wants $450. He then says, I'm going to run it over around the street to the, to the pawn shop, and I'm going to see what they give. And I said, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. If, you. if you go over to the pawn shop and you ask them what they're going to give you, and you, that snowboarder leaves my view, I'm paying you 150 bucks. So just take my 200 right now. He said, bro, you're, you're, you're the worst. You know what I mean? And this is all just because you're not in the market for a snowblower. It's making money. This is just going to be a quick little note, but it's very important. Making money when you're flipping all has to do on the purchase. You sell everything at the rate it's supposed to be sold at. If you purchase it correctly, mm. if you purchase it for far enough back of what it's worth, you can just straight up just sell it the next five seconds later yeah. for exactly what it's worth. Instead of asking this inflated amount that you just want to believe it's worth. Yeah. So I'll fast forward. He goes over to the pawn shop. He comes right back. He's like, they only want to give me 800 bucks. I'm like, well, that's new. That's great for you because I'm giving you 150. And he says, bro, 200, quit playing. And I said, bro, I told you, if that snowblower leaves my side, it's 150 bucks. Fast forward again, I get the snowblower, 150 bucks. He's pissed. But at the same time, he's in need, you know. About six months later, I have a yard sale. I list the snowblower. I put 750 on it. The very I take pictures. Not only does the snowblower sell the very first thing, but the pictures, which lasted online all day, drew in the snowblower people plus all their family because, you know, you don't go to yard sale by yourself. Mm-hmm. And those people then cycled through my yard sale all from this one snowblower. Wow. And so, so when you talk about opportunity, you have to look at something and you have to think to yourself, how many times, money is one time, but opportunity and like education and knowledge about like how to like work this shit, that can be flipped and tumbled like into like the snowball. You see what I'm saying? Wow. And so. No, that's kind of a, a trip to think about. Um, and so you got, you got to, you just got, is everything you see of value, you have to be able to learn how to extract all the value out of it and also give somebody a deal. Somebody got a $1,200 snowboard for $750. i am talking about win, 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 all the way across the board. Everybody's mm-hmm. happy. Yeah, because, I mean, really, uh, I think that the thing that a lot of people struggle with is seeing the opportunity, knowing how to put the pieces together in their head to say, I'm going to take this 45 minutes, this hour, this two hours, and I'm going to be able to make some money where it's like, or am I going to try to make some money and then I'm going to not know what I'm doing and then I'm not going to, you know, it's not going to work. And I feel like that's where people get discouraged and then they don't act where it's like, if you're driving down the road, 
and you see a yard sale on the side, you might just pull over real quick and Actually, go knock on the door. I, oh, well, I mean, yard sale, I don't need to knock on the door. I'll go right up to it. And, you know, I do yard sales the way that people are like, they kind of get weird with me. They, I make a pile. I'm a piler. So I'll go in, and if it's a good yard sale, I'll just, you know, I'll grab all the stuff I want. The rich and rare, by the way. We got to take a shot of this. Please. I'm done with this rant. Please. And I start a pile right here. And they're just like, what are you doing? And I'm just like, oh, these are all the stuff I'm interested in. I may or may not buy that. But I'm going to put it together. <laughs> but but I put a whole deal together. So it's kind of like and so, a... So then, I, so then I go in. And so I do my whole round. And I create the pile. And then I come up to the pile. I, I, I really don't even look at what they're asking. You're just like, these are the things I'm interested in. And I make an offer on the whole deal. And then they go, well, I'm asking 60 bucks for that, that one thing. You know, I want 60 bucks for the skis. You know, And I say, okay, so you want 60 bucks for the skis. Okay. All right. So, okay. And you take out the thing that they're so fucking, they're hot on. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. You're, and you're going to get 60 bucks for these. These are nice ass skis, bro. You look like you kill it on the mountain, bro. Let's talk about this stuff. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, build, I don't give a fuck about that. Build rapport. Okay? Beautiful. And then, and then you, you, and really on all that pile of stuff, I might really have my eye on one thing that's worth 500 bucks mm-hmm. that they just aren't really knowing. But you worth. definitely have your eye on something. You're not just buying shit. No, no, never. I always buy something that I know for a fact is old. That's the first indicator. Or two, that I can verify online that it'll it'll bring money and if you can verify on marketplace that it'll bring money then um and you're buying it you have to you have to flip three times so if you buy it for a dollar it has to sell for three that's just simple math though okay. if you buy it for a hundred it has to sell for 300 that's like your minimum to yeah. pull the trigger but realistically i like to buy for a hundred and it sells for a thousand you well, know of course yeah you know like and, th- and those are out there those are the ones i'm talking about where it's like you spend about 100 bucks at a yard sale and your collection is probably worth about a g you know so, so what would you say what's the second thing the first thing was yard sales mm-hmm. what's the second okay. thing second thing would be to make a thousand dollars in one day is consulting honestly um Get specialized in something that you do that you know that you knock it out of the park seven days a week in your sleep and find somebody who also they don't even know they don't even realize that they need your help. Mm -hmm. Um, I can only speak from experience. And so I'll tell you my story. I consult and help people sell their car. And so what that means to me is I own a business that cleans cars for a living. 90, uh, 75% of the people cleaning their car are selling it. Yeah, let me get a shot of that. 70, 70% of the people who are cleaning their car are selling it, right? So, cheers, by the way. Cheers. Is it still just as yummy as it's? So seen? yummy. <laughs> Rich and rare peach, which is, which is a... A recommendation by the lady behind the counter. She said, go ahead and do the rich and rare. Shout out Maureen. Oh, she's going to be pissed. Her name's not Maureen. <laughs> Laurel. It's Laurel. <laughs> what were we talking about? Consulting. Okay. So all I can speak is from experience. 
I own a business where we clean cars and those cars a lot of the time are for sale. And so it's about it's about qualifying is what they'd call it. Mm-hmm. I this all this knowledge I know is from the car business. I sold cars for a long time when I was a younger younger lad. So that's called qualifying. So when somebody comes in and they are getting their car cleaned, it would if you want to make extra money, you would ask them, "What do you plan on doing with this thing? What do you it's a nice little Civic. What are you going to do with it?" "Oh, I'm going to list it for sale." And the, the, this is this is my process, okay? I shouldn't even be telling people this <laughs> because people are going to do this, okay? This is my process. Okay? I say, how often, how many cars do you sell a year? How often do you guys sell cars, you know? And they'll go, oh, we don't do it very, you know, we don't sell many. No one sells a bunch of cars in a year. So this is what I tell them. I said, so I offer a service that we kind of do part-time on the side where we clean the car. We take the pictures. We list the car. We vet the people who want to see the car to make sure that there's no joy rides happening. Young kids, hot rod and your stuff. And then also, we'll show the vehicle when we do find somebody who's interested. We'll collect the money. And when it's time to get paid, it all comes to you. And then you kick back a fee. So you don't have to pay for the detail. You don't have to pay for any of my services until your car sells. Ah. it's a fi- That's the same thing as what I was saying before. It's about a 50-50 shot. And believe it, we have enough volume going through our shop where that shot hits. Mm-hmm. About 50%. couple times a week. The fee ends up being, I like to get paid about a thousand bucks for my service. And so we run it through the word consulting. It's not a commission. I don't own the car. It's not my car. They just do nothing and I do everything. Yeah. And then they kick me down. I put no money up and get all the money back. I love that. And so when so you, you talk about one quick way to make a thousand dollars in a day, that took me years to figure out and anyone could take that pick it up and put it in their field i can't tell you how to do it in your field but that's what i do in my field well it's crazy is that it's like you took because you used to sell cars so what you did is you took this um yard sale mentality and this I used to sell cars mentality, just in sales in general. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like took those two things together. And now, so how, and and you only, you know, kind of consult that way? Like, no, uh, I'll or, also, I'll also consult, I'll do any other consulting. At first, it was just that. This is all within the last six months, okay, where I've actually put a name behind it. Shout out to my homie at PTA Performance, my homie Lou. He said, dude, you're a consultant. <laughs> Hell yeah. And I sat back as we're, as we're chilling in my garage. And I was like, no, because any good idea, if you're just, I'm, I get caught with this too. No, that won't work, Lou, because that won't. And then Lou leaves and I'm like, that'll work. I could have just told him it'll work right then. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, so Lou put it in my, in my head and then I own an LLC. And so you can consult under an LLC. Mm -hmm. It's that simple. And so, you know, you can basically take that exact same form and put it in in the the industry, like I was saying, but like, yeah, it took me years to just kind of figure out that. Well, the cars line up with your craft. And I feel like the, the, the number one thing to let people know is that is get a craft, right? Get something that you're good at, 
Yes. Regardless if it's like you write and people need to write stuff or type stuff and they yep. don't want to do it and you can do it or whether that's building a website, like people need it, but they don't want to do it. They don't know how to do it. You yep. know how to do it. Like that leverage can come from you're a mechanic, you detail the car, that's like right. any of those. Diff- yeah, that's that's pretty cool. So get get educated at something and then, you know, um, like that's the foundation and that's where you were able to kind of like build on that. Was, that's where I was able to build on it. And so first one. But you have sale. two. You have two skills really, which is sales and people and detailing. Yeah. But the detail shop, I lucked out because I somehow understood at an early situation when I was younger. I've been in business almost 10 years. So fat rewind all the way back then. I somehow I lucked out because I put myself in a situation where I'm constantly meeting people. It's almost a real it's like not a realtor, but I just have like a lot of I make connections with people that I can later call on. Yeah. That's awesome. Just like so, any so okay, okay. So what I'm thinking of right now is I put myself in service industry. Okay. This is perfect. So service industry is a need-based industry. A lot of services nowadays, like you want to be in the need, you want to be in the need category. Yeah. That'll allow you to people, that'll allow more people to come in and need you. You fulfill that need, they'll love it. And then you can then lean on them for anything else you want to do in life. See what I'm saying? And so like, I just like that whole thing people say about like, your clients become your friends way more before, way before your friends become your clients. That's super true. Like all the people who have done business with me over the years, they're straight up my homies now, you know? And so like, I could call on them, my realtor homie, my, you know what I mean? And so it, it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things where you, you want to start something where people will need you, not will they want you. Like a restaurant is great and all that, but there's a lot of restaurants and they could eat anywhere. Mm-hmm. I would much rather start a, which I'll get into if you don't mind. The third way to make $1,000 in one day is cutting lawn. Dude, do the math. A, lawn, a decent sized lawn goes for about 40 to 50 bucks. Okay, how many lawns do you have to cut in a day to pull in a rack? It's just a math problem. That's a lot of lawns. How many lawns is that? Can you do the math, Brennan? Okay, well, two lawns put you 100 bucks in your pocket on average. Okay, so you got to do 20 lawns. How many lawns? Say it again. 10 lawns would be... uh, I'm talking about putting $1,000 in your pocket daily. So 10 lawns would be 250, right? Am I fucking high? 10 lawns is not 250 if they pay 50 a piece. 50 a piece. 10 lawns, 50 a piece. That's 500, okay, right? Yeah. And then... So 20 lawns. So 20 lawns. How many, how many, how long does it take you to mow a lawn? If you're cruising. I mean, we're, yeah. I mean, I feel like, uh, and so, so basically, so that, that's just the mowing part. Okay. Let's say that you're going to edge. Let's say that you're going to trim bushes. Let's say that you can get an average ticket price of $200 a week on a nice property. Somebody's going to spend 200 that's $800 a month to keep their nice property nice. 
And it, it takes you on average maybe an hour a week, hour and a half a week. Those dudes rolling around in those old little Toyotas with that extended little shit carrying all that grass and shit. Oh, yeah. They've got loot, bro. They're making a thousand a day. It's easy math. You do a thousand a day. You work five days a week. No, they really got, knock them out in like 20, 30 minutes. You, and if you think about how many 20, 30 minutes you got in a day. Yeah. And then how many, like 20 lawns doesn't seem like that much. It's not. And I'm, t- I'm, I'm just being honest with you. Those dudes, they, I mean. You've talked about lawns. So like when I was, a, when I started hanging out with you, you were talking about lawns. <laughs> talking and, like, and, bro. I'll be clear with everybody. I'm not in the lawn business. I so aspire to be no, in look, the lawn business. The reason business. that I understand that this is so legit is because I'm a consumer. So I'm on the opposite end of Cody. I'm more the type of person that wants to um to purchase so i want to uh pay for the service Mm -hmm. i want to i'm sitting here like i don't want to fucking mow my lawn Mm -hmm. bro i wish i could pay somebody to come fucking pick up the dog shit in the backyard i wish i could pay somebody to mow the lawn i would pay people to do all sorts of outlandish shit a housekeeper just to like clean behind the toilet and do the hard shit that i don't want (laughs) to do like all that kind of stuff i would just pay for that so like i'm an easy sell so that that's where i would see the opportunity was being like oh if somebody knocked on my door right now and just said bro like 30 bucks front and back i got you like and you for the first for the first six months and when you see how nice your lawn looks i'm gonna be honest with you i'm gonna start charging about well, bro, 50 they could do they could sell me on yeah exactly they could sell me on the 30 the on, comcast hookup. on, on they could, just they could sell it on like i'm gonna put your time back in. let me put my, let me put some time back in your life you just enjoy your Saturday. I'll yeah. cut your fucking lawn. You pull a couple fucking twenties out of your wallet, and I'll fucking be on my way. And you'll be, you know. And then, and then I'm like, dude, like all it would take is that. And I'm like, just take my money because my time is more valuable than my money. Yeah. Yes. Like, and I'm so. be in this. That's funny to for me to. I'm gonna. I told you I was gonna call you out on this podcast because I need people to know, Zach, loves making money. Is this is this incorrect? No. And Zach makes good money. Okay. And so no, no, I just want to make make sure people understand this. This is coming from someone who could afford their lawn getting cut, and he's literally waiting for someone to knock on the fucking door. <laughs> okay. And I this is why we and you get along so well. It's because low key Zach wants to fucking be very rich. Okay. But it's not a public thing. You know. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's probably uncomfortable right now. Like <laughs> yeah. fuck, man. God damn it! Why are you saying that? Because I that that that's one of the reasons why me and you were homies is because we bounce things off of each other, and over the years, that's probably you probably added a lot to my growth because you've been that consumer mindset that spends money. You know, and same because I've been the consumer mindset, and that you've w- given me the perspective of of how to hustle for that thing too. Isn't isn't a good relationship just fucking great? It's just like you you take from the pot, you add to especially the pot. like a long term blossoming relationship Mm because it's like a lot of people that you fuck with this will be like you know it doesn't kind of fall off at some point so when you got the people that stick around and shit then you like really realize like how much you've really learned and the value into the room like hey we step into the room i know what value you bring you know what value i bring yeah i'm not the biggest uh i'm not the biggest like I'm, I don't have the most fans in the room because I'm constantly trying to talk about money. But like, I also, I also shut the fuck up a lot. 
and be like, you know, nobody really wants to kind of, you know. You know when. Oh, yeah. Because, like, if you're not really, if this, if this isn't something that you're obsessed, I'm obsessed. And if you're not obsessed about it, I get really preachy. Because, mm-hmm. like, I'm trying to get you obsessed. Yeah, exactly. And it took, it took me years to figure that out. I need to quit trying to get people into business. Mm-hmm. They have to get themselves into business. And then what can I add, you know? Well, but I think I that totally it's like, love it, it's like so. sales, too. Like, anytime you're, even when you're speaking to a friend or something like that. So, say, in that mindset where you're like, you want to put your friend on, right? Like, you can go at it full blast without thinking and kind of just turn the person off immediately. Or it really is like sales psychology where, you know, you find the need, you ask questions, they're elaborating, you find the pain, you address yeah. the pain, you solve the problem. Yep. Yeah. And you know what's really crazy? And then I it's s- on them. I stopped doing it because I one day dove because over the years when you become when you when you become self-sufficient on like the income you're bringing in, it's on you to get educated. Yeah. So like anything that you know is going to bring value to your operation, no one's going to be like, Cody, that uh, that tutorial I want you to do, I see you didn't log in and do it. No, there's no I salary. I have to get on YouTube. I, there's, I don't have any kind of network coming away. No, I have yeah. to dive into You got to know about taxes. You got to know about what you can do and what what's yep. going to... Yeah. And like, yeah, all that kind of shit is... Uh, it's that's very- what I feel like that's what turns people off too is the is the work. Like a lot of people want to plug in, do a job, be told what to do, vlog the fuck off, do yep. what they do and not have to trip. And the thing that really intrigues me about what you do is like having a mindset because look, the thing that you said when you, we first started this podcast was I haven't worked for somebody in 10 years. I haven't worked for anybody in 10 years. And I'm, I'm, I'm be honest with you, like that's legit business. I've been in business for myself legitimately for almost ten years, and I was jugging details like a like out of a back alley. Yeah. For years before that. But you still have while, like while, a, while I had a job. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You but see this, what I'm but saying? you just like you said, you didn't have the pieces in your brain put together yet to be able to just go full, or even maybe the courage or just the confidence to say, yes. "I can just do this." And it took me almost seven of those almost ten years to pull my wife out of her own job. I had to convince her. We she could have left her job two years before. Mm-hmm. But you know, but there's the there there is a, a change. Are you for real? Comfort, are you are you that guy? And you have to prove in the family you're like, oh, I'm that guy. And if you were to ask her now, she'll be like, oh, he's that guy. What? Did, that's perfect segue. What did I send you earlier today? Because I don't want to be the one to bring it up because I'm gloating at that point. What did I send you earlier today that you you were like, oh, I'm gonna a perfect combo on the podcast. Oh yeah, you said that you bought a car today on the day of the podcast. It's not like I take a day off when I got a podcast. Yeah, you so bought, I bought a, car. a car. How much did I pay? Five hundred bucks. And what was I gonna list it for? I think twenty five hundred. Twenty five hundred dollar car. The car is sold. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's what we're saying. We're like, man, if you could sell this car by the end of the day or by the time the podcast, that would be... That Clark, would... A lady is driving from Clarkston while we're having this beautiful podcast right now. And we are meeting somewhere undisclosed on the South Hill. And she will thumb 26 $100 bills over to me by the end of today. Wow, that's beautiful. And, and so, and, and, and that is strictly off of tenacity knowing your worth showing up in a room and knowing your value sliding in to solve a problem on need day 
like I was saying earlier, and then just getting it out. That So like it all comes down to I purchased the vehicle. I bought it right. I listed it. It's not I'm not asking too much. The lady is driving hours. Yeah, and it doesn't matter it all because happens in a day. if it's a, like in her mind, it's a good deal for her. It's a good deal for you. I feel like the most impactful thing that people at home can take is like you saw the opportunity. And I'm curious, like, how did you find this? Was this come through through your business or did you see this nope. elsewhere? This is a honey hole that I have that I hold very close to my heart. And this is how I make this is my sport that I do. And this is my little little a corner that I protect and the guys that are also in that corner, they'd be like, they'd fucking cut my head off if they told, if I told you like all the secrets, but basically I buy vehicles that are abandoned. This is what it comes down to. This car I bought today was out of fucking gas, bro. Yeah. So you're, you're picking up something that's just, and it had a flat tire. So it's inconvenience for someone else. You do a little bit of work. That little I bit ran of work. it through the detail shop and I didn't even tell the guys that it was my car. My, I don't even, in situations like this, I don't even tell my mother. You know what I mean? Like, it's that, like, and you're probably like, what the fuck is that? Because you're going to own it and it's going to be sold before anybody needs to know. It's already, someone's already on the way. Send it down, baby. You Send know, it down. No. And I mean, and even people like, you know, my wife who's known me for 20 years, she's just like, Look, we're normal. Yeah. Look, we're normal people. Yeah. Okay. So tell me what it feels like as a normal person. <laughs> you don't want to know that. To just. <laughs> you don't want to do when you. You when, don't want to know that. Like, what does it feel it's like? A drug. It's a drug. Okay. And you know, and you and you you're like, if anyone's seen anything, they know. Oh, if they like, it's like that motherfucker likes to make money. I'm addicted, bro. I'm obsessed. I want to do well in life. I came from an area in the east side of Spokane was not the nicest and I went to the nicest school and saw everybody's houses and they're hella fucking and nice like, I'm gonna have that and they had fucking dens bro and they had decks and I want a fucking den and with a deck they all had trampolines and fucking little you know cool I mean? shit in the back and so tub. when you talk about the feeling it's literally each each jug from left to right just encapsulates my freedom and, in and a it way, insulates the freedom capsule that I've made that has been insulated over the years. And that now the insulation is this big that this flip that I'm doing right now adds another layer so, of the insulation. So, so, get, so even get rid of the insulation, get rid of that whole shit and think about like the psychological because it's probably like taking it back to when you were a little kid and you're just bringing value. Yeah. So no, when you is. come home to your house to your wife, to your kid, mm. to your family. And I just, you know, and I just put us in, I just worked a full day's work and just put us in a great spot. Like that, everybody better be in a good ass mood. That feels like a, <laughs> you, you gotta, you, you feel good. We feel hella good. See, and I'm honestly, it kind of, you, you got me there because like, I even like, yeah, it kind of made me tear up in a moment. I'll be honest with you because like you're, you are speaking gospel. Like you're, you're literally saying like you're, 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 you're putting gold in front of my face and then <laughs> waving it in front of my nose. That That is what I do it for. I do it to make sure everybody is like, you come into the house and the fucking ribs are on the goddamn grill, yeah. baby. You know what I mean? You're like, ooh, you got ribs going tonight. Damn. Yeah. And the kiddo is out there fucking playing on the nice-ass playground. And yeah, it's just like, damn. Are, it's a vibe. You know? And I mean, just like how you said, you were like I, earlier, I was like, I'm going to make Zach uncomfortable. Um, you know? I take pride in my shit. Is my shit nice? 
Very nice. Okay, so I like I try to like come to my I try to like put value money into my shit. So it's like nice because like I don't I don't go to the cl- I don't wear designer. Look, the thing that is that's beautiful too is like you're just a regular dude. And that's why I'm saying like I mean, you are a extraordinary dude, but you're regular in the sense of just like anybody like what you're doing Anybody can get that mindset. Anybody can embody that. And anybody can have what you have, which isn't in a monetary dollar, but it's in the value that you're bringing. And I mean, when you're doing this type of stuff, man, you're a happy guy. You're, yeah. you're, you're a happy man because, because you're, you're bringing value and, and really like, what more do we want in life than just some fulfillment? And when you are, when you got that, like you feel like job well done, bro. I just, yep. I just hunted a buffalo. Exactly. And, and I just got, brought back meat for the month. And you got that motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like you straight up, like and it was kinda, impossible. Okay. That, that actually, that's so, I, I love that. As soon as I started impo- saying impossible, my brain was just like, and just turned on right there. The, the chase is the impossible. The chase is. Is this morning, every, there might be critics in the world that's like, you ain't going to make two grand in one day. But I'm the biggest critic. And I woke up today, my head off my pillow, just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And I told my own self, you ain't going to make two grand today. Come on. You ain't, you, you're going to go to the auction. I ain't going to be none there. They ain't going to, they going to, you know, that you ain't going to do it. And my own self was telling me that. And so I... So does that drive you? Oh, my God. So it's like you kind of have that internal monologue with yourself where yourself is like talking shit and then your other self is like, bitch. Seven days a week. Watch me. Seven days a week. Because when you mix skill with like a little bit of opportunity and then sprinkle in a little bit of like didn't have when you was growing up some magic 50 cent happens out of that shit so what so what is it like the next uh what's the next level for you know when when you're where you're at now because i know there's never like a tire spinning type of mentality like you're always moving to the next thing so you have your i'm gonna be honest with you right now um when you talk about next step I'm talking 10 years. I'm talking about the next 10 years. What's the next step for Cody? Is I want to do the same thing I'm doing. I want to do the same thing I'm doing now. Hopefully get into real estate. That's funny. You got a cheat code because we had a conversation for this podcast. So bigger assets. Oh, God damn. Good word. So an asset is because I always like to assume when you listen to something that there's certain people listening that may not understand what, it, what things are. Yeah. An asset is defined as something simple definition something that brings you income mm-hmm. whereas a liability is something that will take income from you and so when you talk about assets it is very important when you spend high dollar ticket anything mm-hmm. you need to focus the higher dollar the higher money you spend you need to focus on trying to convert that into an asset by buying it correctly. And so what the one example that I feel like everybody can relate to is a vehicle. Car. A, a vehicle can be a it, liability if you pull out a loan and you buy a car oh my and you God. drive off the lot oh. and you don't have the capital. That's a liability now. It's scary. Regard or be, because you're remember, turning remember it into what, an what asset. was my past? 
I sold cars. Yeah. I put people in cars they could not afford seven days a week. Yeah. And say, hey, so uh, your my or your your uh your payment is four seventy five. That's not much more than the four fifty you said you could afford. Dude, can you imagine paying four seventy five a month for a car? No. You own a like I know I remember getting in your head early and I'm like, bro, drive something you can afford. Yeah. You know what and I mean? And like when you like I own a car, I'm like, <laughs> I really feel like Yes. Man, I really came up. I bought this car that I drive this this Toyota. I just met a dude in a fucking at the mall and he, he sold me this Toyota for eighteen hundred dollars with like a hundred fifty thousand miles on it. Runs amazing. And I'm gonna tell you and, and everybody for years like, now. So I've already it's already paid for itself, like over, like I don't have any car payments, like mm-hmm. and so then that in that sense, like it's that guy who pays five hundred dollars a month is getting to the same destination as you at the same time. You know what's a trip, and this is something that you and Maria do, is I could probably still sell this car for eighteen to $2,000. It's got... Oh, a, God, fucking... It's got, got 170,000 miles on it. So this is what Cody and Maria will do that kind of blows my mind, is like, you guys will buy a car, you'll drive it around, you'll enjoy it, maybe even for six months, seven months, eight months, a year even, and then turn around, get your money back, if not more... And you didn't only get a convertible or a nice name the cars truck over the years or a, yeah all they're they're all there they're all there and I've 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 driven all sorts of cars and exactly what you're saying is correct we drive them for six months eight months maybe a year we recoup our investment that we put into the car and we move on now the one thing and is- I don't do that to all cars I want to flip cars and make profit but every once in a while. My wife want to drive something. Exactly. And you're just like, well, this could be fun. Currently, she's driving a little Honda Accord, around, about a 93. When you drove around that little fucking, that little drop top red thing, you know? Look up the pictures. It's not a lie. That was fun. That, that was we, great. Oh, we filmed the we video in it. it. Yeah. yeah, that was a blast. I bought that car for two grand, and I sold it for $4,500 after enjoying it all summer. I sold it to him right before winter. So something I feel like is important to people is that in order to make money in this fashion, you need to have money, right? Like, so being able to one when we're talking about being able to make val- to be make yourself valuable, you can have a skill, mm-hmm. but you could also <sighs> just have some money. All right, and also, it's not that there's no skill present. Be able to see the opportunity. So having money and being able to say if a four grand car pops up and I can sell it for $6,500, I can buy the four grand car and I can make that $2,500 off the right here on the phone. Yep. Please. Oh, it just went away. I want to take, I want to take a sales call right here on the podcast. They just called. I don't know what they're calling for, but I have multiple call, multiple cars for sale. Could be for detail. Yo. Hello. I just what missed up, I just missed a phone call from the from you. Yeah, this is Chad. Save my fucking number. Oh god damn it, Chad. I'm on a podcast. Oh, I was hoping I, I was hoping no no no, you're on air right now, and I was hoping <laughs> you're somebody trying to buy a car. Well shit. Uh, that's a good deal for that car though. <laughs> you see the car I have for sale right now, the Equinox. Are you calling for the car? No, no. I was god damn it. Oh, and there's a product that I should be using to be able to, you know, every three to four months, give it a little extra boost to keep 
Okay. Okay. I'm on air, like I said, so I'll call you back. Okay. Well, that's a great deal for anybody who wants that Equinox. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye. Okay. So that's actually really funny. That's my homie Chad, and I did what's called a ceramic coating to his car, and that's what's called a vertical skew within a business. If you operate any business and it's already popping, figure out things you can do within your business that your customers will extra extra add-ons. So this gentleman got a ceramic coating on his truck. And that's something new that you offer. That's I've been offering it about a year. And the thing is, is you want to anything that you do for a living, you need to really focus on what those people that are already your customers will also need. Huge. It's not fucking hard. You know what I mean? Like you, it's just up to you. Like if you don't offer it, they'll never. No, look, and, and you guys can literally apply this. If you rap, if you have a band, if you have a podcast, there's people that are fucking with you right now. And what could you provide that they need Already. that they would buy? Could it be a coffee cup? Could it be a cozy? When we're talking to top, could it be headbands? Because motherfucker, <laughs> we are, this is fashion. You know what I'm saying? Like these things tr- like transcend. It's not just, oh, I got to go look for cars. Oh, I got to go to a garage sales, right? Take these yes. things, the, apply it, it, them to what your, if you cut hair, you know, it's like betting you, on yourself and being able to go out. Like how many people that cut hair yep. that work at a place where that pay them a salary, they pay them a little thing. You get a little commission off the products. Maybe, you, you know, you get a little deal, right? But you know, where is the math? Where is the sitting down and saying, Hey, if I were to take eight cuts, five cuts, seven cuts a week, I could easily make what I'm making with the commission. Oh, of course. and I bet you I could do 10 cuts. Oh, of course. There's a lot of barbers that will convert a little small, whatever, and kind of make a mobile barber shop. They'll, they'll jump in a, and I'm know, thinking women's around. hair even more like, because there's so many more add-ons or so many more expensive yes. Yes. things to totally. do. You oh, know what I'm oh, saying? People who do salon stuff like that, they make, they kill it. Like if you could convert something in your house yes. to now where you could, or earlier, earlier in the conversation, we were talking about something and I think we got off track my fault, but one thing that is very important is growing vertically. Essentially, if you do it correctly, you can set yourself free from day one. You'll set up a service. You'll offer a service that people already want. You offer vertical style like, oh, you want a ceramic coating? Oh, you will need paint correction? Oh, I, the biggest one for me in detail is odor treatment. I bought a machine 10 years ago from a guy who came rolling into my detail shop with a pickup truck who said, you have an ozone machine. This guy is probably a millionaire because what he does is he goes through different businesses that would benefit from an ozone machine. And he just showed up one day and said, you have an ozone machine. I said, no, he said, this is what it does. I gave him $250 cash for a machine that I charge $50 a service for. And I've had that service open on my webpage for 10 years. Wow. Ten, and paid so, for itself a million times over. Oh, my God. I'm offering people constantly. So now when you're thinking about that, even from like in hair or something, like there's a million yes. things you can do for you could, protection, oh, you, for shine, yes. for 
right? Yes. All gels, uh, different kind of, because here's the thing, I, I don't cut hair. But if I was to cut someone's hair, I'd make it perfect. And then they would leave feeling like the man or the woman. And then they'd be like, ooh, I look really nice right now. And you'd be like, you want to know how to get that again? I used this. Mm. And then, of course, you got a little bit of margin in that, you know? And so that's just us. I mean, we're freestyling. No, we're freestyling. And that's you know the, I mean? the thing like, is, I mean, is that if you're, my, tr- if you're cutting grass, you better be trimming The people bushes. that I'm thinking about here that are listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. they have a job. Maybe they're in their career, whether it's customer service, sales, hair, tires, auto body, whether you're fucking rapping, whether you're singing, whether you're doing a podcast, like, you know, how can you take what you're doing already? Even if you're like, you're somebody like me, who's like, okay, I, I rap, I do sales. Uh, I have someone a like you that could do anything you want. So it's not a fair comparison. Because, it's a little bit different because, because you, you can, have you have like a you you have a certain type of you're like the sale on the sales team. You're like the best on the sales team. Typically, well, assuming. if you can work with people and you're talking about there's billions of people in the world, then exactly. that's a good that's a good thing. Now, for the mediocre guy, you're it's still you're still super valuable. You just got to understand that what they're paying you to do. The the value your value probably brings two or three times. And that. the thing is, is, you make fifty grand a year doing customer service. You could probably make and think about and for think about look think about it this way. Like from a consumer standpoint, I'm a consumer. I want to pay you for shit. I want to pay you to make my life easier. Okay, I have a fucking barber that I go to, right? Basically, this is what happened in the barber situation. I had my buddy Ken Beeler on the podcast. We smoked a blunt on the podcast. It got way too high. We couldn't do the podcast, but it all worked out because then Did a you couple ever get his, your haircut again from him. Because no, a couple weeks later or months later or whatever, you know, he ended up quitting barber, yeah, barbering, and went on to do sales or some shit. So I was without a barber, so I'm in need. So then I just I'm like, fuck, dude, I don't even want to go through the effort of finding a new barber. So I just go to like the fucking sport clips by my house, right? I remember and this. How, and how sport clips works is like you can't like it's not like a barber where you just like I'm with fucking Ken at twelve o'clock and I walk in and he's ready for me and he cuts my hair and it's beautiful. It's like you check in online and then it says like you have this much time left to wait, but then it changes and then you miss your spot in line because you weren't <laughs> there and now you got to wait again. And it's a shit show, right? If I had somebody that was like, bro, come into my like, come to my crib. Let me cut your hair. 30 bucks. Best cut you've ever had. Or they I'll give come you, to you. Or they come to you. For 50. And they say, bro, look. Instead get, of cutting lawn, they're cutting hair. They say, got you a little brew. Got you fucking, you know, they meet your needs. You can you can smoke weed while I cut your hair. You know what I'm saying? And you all of a sudden now, I'm, I'll pay 40 bucks for that ah, haircut. I was hoping 50. Because now you are 50. Now, well, you get a tip They them. roll up. You got to tip them. They're right? all up. So, but I mean, you thinking like you're getting an experience. So if you can offer what you offer plus an experience. And when I went to Brick West Barbershop, shout out to them. That was where Ken worked and you'd go there. And that was the whole thing that had this different vibe. And you could go to the fridge as soon as if you got your hair cut there. You could walk right over the fridge, grab you a beer, go sit in your seat. If you wanted another beer after you finished that one, you could walk Two over, get another no. one. He would IPAs? say, he would, they were like, he had like paps. They had some IPA. And they had a little bit of a selection, Uh, but he was like, you know, and that was something that just kind of made it 
like and then your barber your person your your person that is the giving you the customer service right that's giving you whether because people want to like they got to like you right when they like you then they're willing to pay more money you know what i mean for and and that's i just feel like it's and so from a consumer you are lack. Have you solved your haircut problem? No, I still go to this lady. Like I'm, like I'm waiting. She for does somebody. pretty good, but she's she waiting. She does some- great, but it's like I wish that I could just be like, hey, Ann, I want to Annie, I want to come in at eleven a.m. and I'll yeah. see you then. But oh, it's oh, not oh. like that. Oh, it's, so what you're saying is you're weird. what you're saying is the lady you like the best in there, Annie. She needs to be her she own. She needs barber. to break off and, and just works. open up her garage yeah. and be or like anything, and, or just show up at your house and, yeah. and tell oh. you, hey, listen, I don't have time to sweep it up. You got to sweep it up. You would uh, be like, sweet. Oh yeah. See how that works. It's just about sliding in and making sure you solve a fucking problem. And let's make a deal. Yeah. Like, right? Like, hey, 30 bucks right now, you sweep it up, I got you. Like, I would, you know. Yeah. So, I I don't know. I just feel like you, you know, people customize their business too. Like we were talking about, you know, if you want to, if you're a detail shop, you know, I was like, oh, hey, Cody, have you ever thought about doing like being the detail shop that makes like the funny, catchy commercials or something like that? I was like, hey, I would do it. However, to stay, the, the thing about anything in life, and I've learned this from you, is that to start something, you want to, if you want it to succeed, you have to stay consistent. Yeah. And so that commitment. And the commitment. The right there. And, then, and so that's all I had to say was commitment. And it's it's like, you know, that's a big thing with business is that, you know, I start and stop a lot of things in life. I didn't, I will never start and stop business for myself. And it's been almost 10 years. And it's just one of those things where once it gets in your blood, it's really fucking hard. I think it's like when you start to float far, far away from broke, especially when you were broke for a long time of your life. Working for people. and Yeah. And, And I mean, like always going check to check and like just trying to have enough money. And really not having enough money. And yeah. now when you float further and further away from that struggle and you're like, bro, I, I got, I got enough emergency funds to yep. get me like anything. I like what? Like we good, right? Yeah. Like that is like what you get addicted to because that comfortability, that freedom, yep. that, that looseness for you and your wife and cash to be able to drive on down to San Diego and back or to go to St. Louis and all over the damn country. And good thing. Good, good, actually good way to break into an, a different little category, which is also revenue streams. Once you become an entrepreneur and you find something that is cash cowing, cash flowing, mm-hmm. you'll catch yourself kind of trying to, I had a Mercedes at one point, okay? It was like a 2008. It wasn't like super nice, but I did have a payment on it. And then I started to realize like, okay, you know, you don't really want to fuck up your cash that's flowing in. And so what I'm trying to get to is that once you have things cash flowing, pour that cash into assets that will continue the cash flow. So that is just... When you hear people say passive income, when you hear people say revenue streams. So you don't want it sitting around. Cash sitting is death. Yeah. Okay. okay and okay. I have cash sitting and I also have cash moving. And I'm going to tell you right now, the cash moving. If I could start another asset like my business that I run every day, I would. But I just, it's just, 
I have to be at each of my assets at this now point. Now, in, in, in some sense, you hold like a stock almost waiting for an opportunity because an opportunity will present itself to you. And all we need from you, Cody, is X amount of dollars. Exactly. And X amount of dollars will come back. And this is all from an asset that I started with jug money, if you know what that means, for $1,000. The business I run now, I started with one thousand dollars. So let's and, let's do let's do a question real okay, quick. Okay, cool. Can we, can we do a question. Go ahead. What made you start your own business, and how do you find the right business to start? Okay, so what made me start my own business was seeing the money left on the table after I added the complete value to the whole experience. Mm. The car was there; it was dirty. I added all the value, it's out there clean, and I'm not getting my now share of the profits. That's what made me start my own business right there. What was, what was the second part to that question? And how do you know what business to start? Need-based. Mm. You need to start something. See how I I'm just, I just yeah. naturally teach myself. You need to start something that people need. I, I mean, no shade, no shade to anybody making music. That's not a need, it's not. which is why I couldn't continue to make music. It's because no one needed me mm-hmm. where I'm at now. People need me mm-hmm. and I also sell them extra shit. They didn't even know they fucking needed. Yeah. So need is and the that's word. where we're talking about hair grows, grass grows, hair grows, grass grows. Houses, paint peels off houses, carpets get dirty. It gets cold. It gets cold. It gets hot. It gets hot. See what I'm saying? People get hungry. People get hungry. People like the lake. People like... People like bikes. People like not doing shit. So if you can bring it to their door. We just actually went into a full-on green area. Then we switched to like the color right next to green. When I said it get... We were saying it gets hot. Then I said people like the lake. Yes. So I, I even catch myself. Take that off the fucking Because plate. it's not a need. It's not a need anymore. No, people like the lake, but they don't need the lake. They don't need it. Yeah. And so get a need-based business. I'm not a pro, but I have been doing it 10 years. And I will tell you, if people need you... That your your phone's steady ringing. My Yo, phone stays fucking ringing. You know a need that trips me to fuck out? Weed. Because weed was like a want. Sneaky need. But weed is a sneaky need. I, I okay. That's, I'll Because, goddamn, they hand over fist. I'll, I'll put this on air right now. We got a comment from someone earlier. I had the opportunity to invest in a weed uh, retail business. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was at that entrepreneur stage where I knew better, but I wasn't ready. I wasn't risking my money too well at no, that point. No, you weren't. Uh, yeah, you and weren't I, ready to, to bet on yourself in that way. Yeah. The people involved telling me, along with me sitting right now, I personally would be a millionaire. And I think about that seven days a week. Just so you know, and you got a comment earlier on the podcast and she said, I love Cody and I love Maria yeah. and that per- they're millionaires. Okay. Yeah. That's that. I mean, dude, trust me. <laughs> and, like, they, and, and they wanted me to buy in. Dude, listen, any for $5,000. Look, I'm telling you right now, people were asked to buy in 
and trying to be sold to buy into Bitcoin for much, much, much less. Oh, I know. That I know. Was, I know. So actually, in a way, you know, what's trippy is anybody also who was ever pitched Bitcoin, who has ever pitched any of this cryptocurrency shit. You're also in the same pre-2020, pre-2021, right? Oh, like I remember that. Dog, too. I had cats in 2017. I remember watching like Bro, the Bitcoin. Bro, Bitcoin. I'm telling you. Bro, I'm tell I'm just like, bro, this shit is boring. What I'm trying to make some music. I'm trying to have fun. I'm trying to chill. You talking about Bitcoin. What are you talking about? And then Bitcoin went from $8,000 a coin to 60 grand and you know and that's, that's people something. just accidentally got rich they were you like know? oh shit and, that, and, that, and that's gambling that's gambling but you i'm know? saying it, it was a time when somebody in my life was telling me bro i got the inside scoop i should bro, have buy it i'm telling you right now just buy yeah. 50 bucks just buy a yeah. hundred bucks yeah it would that was million 50 bucks i remember doing the math on it and it was just like dude you bought 50 back in the day pre before it went up it was it skyrocketed and bro. i'm talking about like i had a but guy who that knows was if like, you would have held it i had like, a, no i wouldn't have hold it I <laughs> oh you would have sold it at the top it just depends like if it was or what it, you thought was if top. i had something like robin hood where i was able to pull it and sell it and pull you know what i mean like put it in and like take it out like super easy it would have to be one of those things where you like you know back in the day when you'd buy a stock or something you'd have a piece of paper you'd go you know you'd actually you know, you didn't have an app that you could just be like, oh, fuck, it's dipping, cash out. Like, you know, you would just be like, holy shit. But then yeah. maybe you'd hold it too long, too, because cryptocurrency also fell. It was very, it, it was just kind of like an, an analogy in the sense that all of us were probably told at some point, like, or heard of, of yeah. cryptocurrency, and we all were just like, we brushed it off, like, well, I don't, I don't even want to give ten bucks. Ah, I don't want to. And then we saw the opportunity go, where people literally became millionaires. And yeah, we, it's it's we it's missed it's the fucking, boat. It's heartbreaking for someone like me. I'll be honest. Like, the more and more you sit there and talk about it, like, it kind of puts me in that mood. Like, like I and also what I explained, like, really just really thinking about it, really puts me in that mood like i had a thousand bucks to my name at that point and i was owned a business and i just wasn't used to kind of risking my cash and like i had like a little bit of like side stuff and i should have sold everything i owned but kept the detail shop and put it all into because you're like i didn't realize how valuable what they were asking me to to buy into i didn't realize how valuable it was they didn't know how valuable it was but i mean what's crazy is that we did but we didn't right because in our in our kind of our like like smaller minds we were like oh i don't get it but in yeah. our bigger minds bro it's cannabis I know. we all used to sell this shit I know. you're talking about they're gonna sell it but in the i even asked my mom i asked multiple people i said and, and really what i was doing is trying to get somebody else to get more excited so that to they get could, you sold yeah which is never gonna fucking work because like they weren't there when the dude was pitching you and the dude i'm friends with to this day i just talked to him the other day i mean and he even said himself he's like he he sold he had two licenses and he sold and he made tons of fucking money what a guy and he told he said the other day it's been years it's been four or five years maybe three years and he said i, I think i maybe want to get back into it it was just so good and I was just, it just make, it hurts my heart. But at the same time, now we're homies. And I was like, dude, next time you have an asset like that, 
come over to my house and fucking literally punch me in the face. Like, I need you to black my eye. Okay, so, and I, be like, <laughs> so I have a question for you. Okay, go um, ahead. So what is, um, when does it ever become, like, does it ever become a point where you just have enough and you're not tripping? Or Never. is it always going to be a hunger? Never. Never because money equals freedom. And the more freedom I have, the more free I am. And I'm on the South Hill in Spokane, and but I say, feel like I'm free. And so but there's, there's you, people who are way freer. So say somebody, say you're freer. Say you're freer. Say you're not going to work. Your business is being ran. The deposits are coming in. You're just doing shit for fun with your wife, going to yard sales, fucking around, spending 24 hours however you want. Are you still hustling you're to talking, get money? Or you're talking are, to a cake in the oven that's half-baked. I'm curious. All I want to do is be a fucking full baked cake, baby. So my and so like I can't answer that. My you know guess, I mean? my, like, my question is like, if you have all of your bases covered, pad padded, bases are covered. Okay, and you like you could be on a beach if you wanted to for the rest of your life. You know ah. what I'm saying? What do you do with your 24 hours? Do I you still make money. I know it's fucking stupid. But I think it, I think that the the real fact of it is is that it's a value. It's you being able to. It's not so much. I need a dollar amount every week, month, day, whatever. All these, all it's these... like you're bringing value brings you the thing happiness I need. and fulfillment and you can be you can end a day with a cigar with a joint and you can feel real good about it yep there's lows when you don't hit your number there's highs that are just beyond belief and I, i'll tell you this is that like at the end of the day all the stuff that i explained to you that is like uh that is like really valuable you can do retired consulting Fucking yard selling, all that stuff, thousand a day is retired money. And I'm not retired. Mm -hmm. And so when you talk about like uh will ever will will there ever be enough? Um for you to stop. I don't hustling. I can't it's that's so hard for me to answer even right now. Like, can because you see like I'm not like, hustling. like I, never. Like like that that's something that when I said you're talking to a half baked cake in the oven. Like I'm yeah, have you ever about, looked at a cake in the oven when it's not quite a cake? It's low. Okay, so you got But it's on the rise. So you got Lamborghinis. You're fucking Wolf of Wall Street rich. Okay. I'm gun I can't. Are you I, still on your day-to-day? -day? Like my I guess my big question is like, you have 24 hours in your day. Money isn't even a fucking worry. Yeah. What does your day look like? Are you doing just doing whatever you want? Are you it just finding depends. ways like, to bring I've in? Like I've seen cakes the size of this table. I see. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've seen yeah. cakes teared up, baby. I've seen them with shit hanging all off them, baby. You see what I'm saying? I love that. And so, like, if I, I'm just, I'm using. I learned through analogy, mm -hmm. and Me so too. I'm trying to teach through analogy. Yes. Which is, I've seen cakes fucking, I've seen people jump out of cakes. Yeah. <laughs> you know but you're I mean? talking about like, yo, like I've seen, like, oh, I'm talking you know yachts. I mean? I'm talking like there are and luxuries so what, 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 of life is, and Is things. there a cake big enough? I'm not sure. I'm not even exactly sure. But I'm not, I'm, right now my cake is half baked in the fucking oven. You yeah. Know and it's mean? the journey. And it's the journey. It's, yeah. it's, it's the whole process. And over the years, I figured out my dough. I figured out my 
my few things I put in it. And I know that I've, I'm on the rise. Bro. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Thank you for fucking doing this shit. This is, yeah. this has been like, this has been like super cool for me because I've always wanted to, like we have these conversations, but Except every day, but just so the audience knows, but it's me. different. Like you don't yeah. get somebody's un- undivided attention to be able to like, get you know when you get somebody on a podcast and there's no phones and we get to really like actually have a conversation where i mean i have you here i can like ask you anything i want like what else what else does i see another one is there another one right there next to it or is that not good that that was the one that i read you and then the first one was from brandy okay cool so there's no more let me make sure but no no you you are right though and i'm a fanatic about the shit and i mean like after today I'm going to go back to doing what I do, which is um, just adding values in my own little corners. Let me see if anybody hit me with anything. Nope, nobody anything. Okay, that's okay. But I'm going to go keep adding values to my little corners. And, like, this is something that, like, I used to try to get people interested in. But nowadays, I kind of wait for people to kind of be interested before I even spill any of it. And so I be stay, I like, I stay quiet about it kind of, you know, because freedom isn't like, if you're really far from being free, it's kind of an insult to even talk about it. Yeah. If that makes any sense, you know what I mean? And so like, but if you're pretty close, you'll entertain that conversation. If you're really close, you'll be like, bro, you know what I mean? What's going on over here in this corner? And so I try to like stay to myself. And if anyone is to want to know anything about like starting a business, running a business, uh, maintaining for most businesses fail within the making a thousand dollars in a day. Most businesses fail within the first year, even more than that fail within the first five years and even more than that fail in 10 Okay, I'm encroaching on 10 and I'm not, I, you'll see me cross 10. I'm going to tell you right now. And so, um, just, I don't even know, like, no one's going to be able to light a fire in you. You're going to have to, you're going to have to see the value in yourself and then kind of like go out on a sober day and kind of have a conversation with yourself. A lot of this is like inner dialogue where you're like, I want more. You know, and if you have a really good partner, I like I haven't sh- thrown any any uh, light toward towards my wife. She's my partner. She's my she's she's fifty percent partner of the business. She's fifty percent partner of any hustle I do, which it, monetary gains. She, her, and the family do well, and so I'm saying that because like I have like a little team. And so if you can form a little team, especially people who benefit, if you benefit, it's going to be huge for you. So talk about the, the value of you, of just having a partner that sees the same vision as you. It took years. We, me and my wife have been together for 20 years, almost. Cause I, I read that, uh, I read that book or I did summarize that book that you sent me, the millionaire next door. And what'd you think? And one thing about that, that they said that really stuck with me is that you know, divorce, breaking up, like doing all these types of things like that's that. That's a liability. Having kids and then breaking up and then having child support and then having that all puts yourself in a worse position where, you know, when you have a spouse that you're building with together, you both are on the same vision. That is literally, you're like already the percentage goes up that you can be capable of becoming a millionaire because 
that, you, you are right. Stacking liabilities or st- stacking assets, limiting liabilities, including all the stuff you talked about. I'm the type of cat that would fuck. And Maria's going to see this podcast. Okay. Been together a long time. I'm the type of cat that would fucking maintain a relationship just to extract the fucking value out of it. <laughs> I don't have to do that because I've been with her forever and we're homies and we're partners and everything. But the point I'm trying to make is, is I would, I do everything I can to limit my liabilities. And if there's a wife or a kid or a spouse or something that was causing me to cost money, I'd kick it. That's just my person. That's just the way I've been raised. It may be wrong. It may be right. I don't know. You know what I mean? But so, but yeah, exactly what you said. It's like, it's like, uh, you want to be able to stack that liability or, or limit the liability and stack the asset as high as you can. As many things as you can that help you get freedom and as little things as you can that take that freedom from you, which is, which is money, you know? Mm-hmm. So, well, I appreciate you uh, just shedding your game, man, because I get to hear this sprinkled in my my life. But to be able to put it on one podcast that I can send to like anybody, like I feel like this could apply to anybody could take value from this podcast. So I would hope so. I would hope so. And I will say that if anybody wants to like kind of just peer in on what I do every day, it's at Auto Skin Detail Spokane. That is my cash cow. That's what I do every day. I also do a bunch of other stuff on the side, but that's all kind of stuff that I work on internally with myself, with my wife, to help us further our journey of freedom. And I, if anybody has any questions, you can add me at Imperfect Cody, and uh, I'll answer any questions. But like, you have to be the one. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to like give game to people who don't want it. Yeah. Like that's like my main thing is like as soon as I get the sense that I'm the loudest person in the room and people aren't really soaking up what I'm putting down, yeah. I'll 100% stop. Yo, and check out, you know, Cody's the co-host of this podcast. So, you know, a lot of this game gets sprinkled in with different guests. Like if you listen to Top, he was the uh, last guest that we had on the podcast. And I mean, we were just talking about top with his merch and, you know, his headband, his gloves, <laughs> like, right. you know, so when Cody sees an opportunity, you can, I, I take things all the time from you. So please, thank you, bro. I appreciate you. Yes, you as well. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you. I love y'all. Cody Duncan and Perfect Cody. We got the peach, baby. Got the peach R&R, baby. Shout out R&R. We going to tag him in this clip. Love y'all. Peace. Yo, I'm just happy to be here, breathing this fresh air, living my best life, even when the shit ain't fair, even when the love ain't there. Yo, I'm just happy to be here, smoking some good weed, not thinking what could be. I'm just here in the right now, doing me till it's lights out. Yo, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, cause I know that shit could be worse. So what I spit in these verses, gonna make some history first. Show them I'm happy to be here. I'm living my best life. Yo, you living without fear? You wonder what that's like? Like a breath of some fresh. Yo, I'm just happy to be here. Like, you have 24 hours in your day. Money isn't even a fucking worry. Yeah. What does your day look like? Are you doing just doing whatever you want? I'm gonna be honest with you. Bring I've in, seen cakes. I've seen in, cakes. I've seen in. cakes. 
cakes the size of this table. You know, you would just be like, holy shit. I mean, I've seen yeah. cakes. I mean, I've seen yeah. cakes. I mean, I've seen yeah. cakes from Teared Up, baby. Pitch. I love that. Teared Up. I've seen people jump out of cakes. I've seen them with shit hanging all off them, baby. I've seen people jump out of cakes. With shit hanging all off them, baby. I've seen cakes fucking. I've seen cakes fucking. I've seen cakes fucking. 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 Cakes.